This is from the bench with Dench, Bulldog Valley Basketball. Boys action tonight. Hello and welcome to another edition of uh, Bulldog Valley. This is basketball week two. And with that, we're going to turn our attention to the boys' side of the house on Highland Basketball. And welcome to the bench, uh, Highland super fan, and uh, the play-by-play voice of the, the Bulldog Boys Basketball on Radio BulldogRadioHighland.com, and proprietor of the Smile Shop, a big sponsor of uh, uh, Highland's Athletics. And I'm speaking, of course, of Dr. Darren Altadonna. And Darren, welcome to the bench. Well, thank you. And uh, uh, so, so we're going to talk some basketball now. One thing I want before we dive into the bulldog season at hand and uh, what's going on there, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Okay. Now you come you come from some, some pretty strong basketball roots and yep. uh, the winningest program in the state of Illinois. That's right. Right. Centralia Orphans. The Centralia Orphans in uh, neck and neck with Collinsville. I think Centralia is slightly ahead as we C- speak. Centralia is ahead. I'm not sure if they're still the winningest team in the nation. There was a team out of, I believe it's Tennessee or somewhere like that, that had overtaken them at one point in time, and then Centralia got the lead back, and I don't know where that where that stands now. I know Centralia is at least one or two in the nation. Yeah, there you go. And there. one in the state of Illinois. Number one in the state, but but very slightly ahead of yes. Collinsville. They, yeah. they were neck and neck and trading off uh, just like that for, for a yeah. little while, but they pulled away by about eight or ten games yeah. last time I checked, right? So, so uh, and what I think is fascinating about these two programs is the foundations they were built on. Right. And both under legendary coaches, uh, Virgil Fletcher over at Collinsville, and of course Arthur Trout in right. Centralia. Yeah. And um, it's it, uh, talk a little bit about the impact that legendary status has on a program like Centralia. Well, of course, when I was in high school, it's been a little been a few years. I graduated high school in 1987, so I would say that Centralia was still kind of in that heated where, you know, a smaller community, kind of like Highland, where sports mean a lot to, to the people in town, and, you know, for the longest time, and still to this day, they sell uh, they sell reserve seats. Like, if you want to go to an orphan basketball game, and you want to be able to be down low, you've got to buy a season ticket, and I know they do, I think they do that at Collinsville, I don't know if they still do that or not, but... Um, so my, my parents, you know, were in the drawings from the time that I was a, a little kid on up. And it's just something that as you grow up in that community, it, 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 that is what everyone focuses on. I mean, it, at, at different times, Centralia was good at football. They might be good at bat, baseball, but basketball reigned supreme. If you, I mean, if you put on the orphan uniform, it, it meant something. And so it was... It was something that, like, as a little kid, I mean, I can remember, you know, my parents, we would, all the games were played on Fridays and Saturdays. There were no, during the week games, which I think they have, that has changed some. But, um, so every Friday night, Saturday night, I knew where I was going to be. I was going to either be at Centralia's gym, or if my parents were lucky enough to take me to one of the out-of-town games, we were going to be there. And then I'd come home after that game, and my brother and I, would go into his bedroom. We had a little Nerf hoop, and and uh, we would introduce each other, and you know, like we were part of the team, and and we would play. And that's just 
kind of how it was. It it just it meant a lot to be a, to be an orphan. It really it really is cool to to hear that. And um, I kind of grew up the same way. Not a Collinsville fan, but a Southwest Conference fan, yeah. if you will. So sure. you were you were engulfed with Collinsville, right? Uh, the same way with the the other great teams they had going around there, and did the same thing. Listen to the games on the radio and then recreate them. Right. I, I credit my broadcasting start. Yeah. Uh, to growing up in that kind of environment. And, right. And um, just re- replaying the games and. In a, in a, a Nerf, we didn't have Nerf back then, but I'm a little bit older than you. We had to create our own and wad up a ball of socks or tape yeah. up a, a T-shirt or something in a ball and, and play like that. So, so yeah, that, those kind of roots are cool to hear. And then, and yeah, and then, so, Troy, I'm glad you mentioned the, the reserve seating because that's been my experience going to mm-hmm. a Centralia game. When my son played in Highland, we played over there a couple times. And you always shove the opponent fans up in the rafters. Yeah. And it's for that very reason. They're so passionate. Passionate right. about the home team that, that you know they're they're going to focus on them first. Right. Yeah. And if you wanted to come to the game, you could come, but you were going <laughs> to sit up in the crow's nest. You weren't going to be down low. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really. I, I wasn't laughing back then. But right. Exactly. <laughs> but that, but that's an advantage a, a program like Centralia or Collinsville have is, right. is that intimidation factor. The the second you walk in a gymnasium, right. Mm-hmm. Is that and it's uh, generational. Uh, right. Obviously, Trout's been going seventy-five years now. Yeah. I think, right? And right. Fletcher, fifty. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he just passed away not too long ago. But uh, coaching-wise, he, right. he's been gone sure. uh, since the the late seventies. But they continue to, and the similarities don't stop there with those two. Um, you both robbed coaches from Nashville, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, your head coach, I think. Yeah, Bob Vogel yeah. was my head Bogle coach. He, came. he had won a state title at Nashville yeah. with actually uh, Roger Steig, who was an assistant coach at the high school and, and coached on the girls' side for a long time in Centralia. But he was he was the assistant coach when I was playing there, and so you know Steig and Jinkowski, I think, were the big names right. of the guys at, right. at Nashville when they won the state title. So yeah, that was, that was my high school years. Okay, I'm very familiar with that Nashville. Okay, team. So, okay, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. it was you know I mean that. And, you know, not just Bob Bogle. I mean, every coach that has been there, to some extent, has been, you know, a pretty well-respected, long-term basketball coach. I mean, coach. the guy that there's now, is, I don't know if you know Coach Bennett. I I know him in passing. I mean, we're, I don't know him well, but I know him yeah, in passing. I mean, he's had an incredible blazing start in his, uh, I think he's on year 10 now or yeah, something like and, that. But, um, and he has, yeah, I mean, he when he came in, Centralia had kind of fallen off a little bit and they you know they weren't to the level that at least the community expected it to be uh-huh. and he has brought it back to that and, and more so he, he's done a wonderful yeah. job yeah. there he hangs around another 35 years he, he may catch Arthur Trout <laughs> <laughs> and he's off to that kind of a start I yeah. was looking in, into it a little bit just incredible and then Collinsville they steal Darren Lee from Nashville right? and yeah the, uh, you know all Lee did there at Nashville is win 400 plus games and he's over 200 now at, at Collinsville Incredible to believe he's been there like what 15 years now, yeah. I guess, over there. So, well, and his father was the coach at West Frankfort when I was playing. Is that right? School. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, he actually knew my his dad knew my brother pretty well from yeah. the coaching side. So, it's just kind of weird how all that kind of gets entangled, especially yeah. in southern Illinois. Yeah, yeah, it really is a lot of fun. And it, you know, they both have holiday tournaments, right? Um, so, so they don't play each other a lot. I know, I, I don't know how often they've played over the years, but we used to, it was a pretty regular non conference game. Early, yeah. in, early in the season, we would always play Collinsville. We would always play Belleville West. I don't know that that is still the case, yeah. but that was always you know one year you're at Collinsville, and next year they're in Centralia, and yeah. vice versa. Now your your 
rival and the rival for Centralia over the years has always been Mount Vernon, if I'm right, right? Still uh, to this day, I carry a little animosity for Mount Vernon. (laughs) (laughs) You can't shake it. I'm the same way with Modern Day. I'm a central guy. So so still, I mean, I root for Modern Day when they're not playing us um, in in postseason kind of thing. A side note on that, so when Highland played Mount Vernon this year in football in the playoffs, Uh I'm in the stands, I take a picture, I text it to my mom and dad who I knew were at home watching on NFHS, and I said, is it bad for a 54-year-old man to still not like another high school team? No. And they said, no, because we're 70 and 80, and we don't like them either. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was that kind of heated. I mean, they, they've come to fisticuffs in the crowd. Oh, the gosh, yes. There, right? Yeah. Right? And, you know, and, uh, my, my Vernon still have that horrid gym. They do not. They've built a brand new high school, and so they've got a, a respectable gym now. But yeah. yeah, you talk about a tough place to play. Now yeah. that was a tough place to play. They it was so small. They had a, a restraining line, so you you, right. know, you couldn't you you took the ball out basically on the floor. And at one end of that, there was like a stage. And that's where the band and the students would be, and they were just right on top of you, right. yelling at you. Their crowd was right on top of you, yelling at you. And yeah. that, if you came as an opposing t- team, you definitely sat in the in the upper deck. You, there was no sitting down low on that one. Yeah, so. I, I broadcast a couple of games from there, and that that just boggled my mind up. Yeah. Uh, even how the IHSA didn't force something on that, it, it, it right. seemed somewhat dangerous and and just uh, odd. Yeah, uh, an odd advantage for for the Rams. Yeah, team. no, they have a they have a nice brand new high school. Now, yeah, so okay, well, that's good. No yeah. more restraining line. <laughs> yeah, that's good. They're not playing in that in that dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so a lot of fun. Did you guys have a, a few heated games with them? We did. So when when I was in high school, we were we were a pretty good team. Kind of one of those things where Centralia had been down a little bit. We were we had a I think we won twenty one twenty two games something like that. My senior year, we won the holiday tournament. My senior year, which hadn't been done in like fifteen years at yeah. Centralia, so it was you know there was a lot of excitement for that. And and that was back when you still had you know they didn't. How, now how they kind of seed or do things with the right. regionals, they didn't do that then, which, you know, we ended up playing Mount Vernon in a regional final. They beat us in the regional final. They went on to play East St. Louis Lincoln at the oh. time, LaFonso Ellis, yeah. in the super sectional down at Carbondale. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those like, okay, well, you know, whoever won that game, that's where they were going to end up. So yeah. it yeah. just happened to be that they beat us at, over at Salem in, in the, yeah. the regional final. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so we had a we had a lot of a lot of battles with Malvern. Yeah, I, I used to listen to those on, on the radio quite a bit. Just well, to, you know, you mentioned that you know that kind of sparked your your interest in broadcasting. Yeah, I mean, Centralia had a radio a regular radio station that did right. broadcast everything. You know, they did all the football games, they did all the basketball games, and it was just kind of one of those things. I mean, they did the holiday tournament. They announced every single game right. of the holiday tournament, and they'd have different people rotate through there, and that was one of the things growing up I always wanted to do. I wanted to be able to call a game yeah. at the Centralia Holiday Tournament. I got a chance with a buddy of mine to do just part of a game. Uh-huh. sparked my interest, and, yeah. and that's what... Yeah. What kind of got me? It's funny. Similar, similar background. It was a modern yeah. day for me because yeah. uh, I was a big Assumption High School fan um, uh, back in the day, 
and uh, they had uh, a guy named Rick Suttle, seven foot, mm-hmm. yep. that oh, dominated yeah. at the holiday tournament. Sure. And, uh, so, so that tournament captured my imagination as, yeah. a, as a youngster, and it was a, a that was a dream. I was like, boy, right. I'd love to be up in that crow's nest at modern day and yeah. call some games. Yeah. Here. Unfortunately, I got to on quite a few of the good Highland teams under Jeff Falkenberg in the mid '90s that, that uh, won the tournament over there right. uh, uh, one year and came in third in another year. So, so it's fun to call those games there. Well, uh, yeah. the, the year before I moved to Highland, my wife uh, went to Belleville East, and so Belleville East and, and Highland played in the what would have been the super sectional game. Yep. And yep. Uh, so I, that game. I'm on the Belleville East side. Rooting against Highland because I didn't really know, you know, yeah. and then with like the next year, I end up with a job opportunity <laughs> in Highland and I'm living in Highland. I said, How weird is that that yeah. I was at that game? Yeah, yeah, the, I called that game with the legendary Joe May. Oh, did you uh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and, uh, and Highland's old station win you, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. Uh, tough loss, yes, tough loss. That's as, as close as Highland's been since then, right? Um, uh, we may get there, we, we may get there again, but uh. Um, cool. So, so you still go back now and then to Centralia? I do. My parents still live in Centralia, so I go back. We, I, tr- I had a streak of not missing at least one game in the in the Centralia Holiday Tournament for yeah. a long time. But then, when my boys started playing, it just got tougher and tougher to get over sure. and see a game. But um, so I don't, you know, when Highlands playing over there, obviously I'm going to be over there to see one. But you know, a lot of times I, I don't I don't get a chance to go to a, a, a game there. I I was there this year when the girls were playing over there. You know, yeah. the, the actually Centralia comes to Highland this year, so I'll be able to see them yeah. see them then. But yeah, yeah, they're good. They're good. Eight they and they got a tough one tomorrow night. And they, they take on the un, undefeated Central Cougars. Is that who they're playing tomorrow night? Okay, so a couple of eight and zero teams squared okay. off. Yeah, um, in, in that one. Um, so so yeah yeah the. Um, we'll see where those those two programs go. I I think Centralia goes four A, don't they? Or do uh, they go three A? They go three A. Yeah, so, three A. So this I, this game will tell a lot. I think Central goes three A most years, and so yeah. So, so surprisingly, Centralia's population, or at least school population, has dipped down lower than what Highlands population right? Highlands yeah. school is now. Yeah. So it's yeah, they're trending they're trending down. They're not going to get far enough down that they would go anything other than three A. But uh-huh. yeah, they're pretty solid three A now. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that has has dropped a little bit uh, for them. Um, so okay, cool, cool stuff. Thanks for reminiscing with yeah, me. That, yeah, yeah. That, that's fun. I can talk that stuff. I know it's stuff all night long. I get lost in the uh, the websites out there, and there's a lot of cool websites. There that, are that, that cover some some of that stuff. All right, so so basketball at hand. Um, we got a bulldog team this year that. Um, still trying to figure themselves out. Seemed to put it all together in their last game up in Jerseyville on Friday night. Right. Yeah, I was I was not able to attend that game, but I was trying to follow along Bulldog Radio and just posts. I saw they won by twenty five, which was good to see. And you know, I yeah. saw some some guys got Carter Holthouse got going a little bit. I think he did some scoring. Uh, Grant got some scoring going. So they had four it, guys, I think it was. Yeah, double, double figures. figures. Uh, and so. and that you know, so far this year, that's been kind of the thing. I mean, Jake Ottensmeyer is going to get his points every game, but you know, it's just like everybody focuses on him too. So you know, those and other they, guys. To illustrate that with Ottensmeyer, 
He had zero at halftime against Belleville East, if I recall correctly, he did. right? Yeah. He finished that game with 18. Right, I know. <laughs> he just went <laughs> off in the, I think it was the third quarter. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's listening. where he did most of the scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so it's funny how those scores figure it out at, yeah. at some point. Shooters keep shooting. That's right. Shooters yeah. shoot. And, you know, with every team that we play, I mean, they look at who are we going to, who do we need to stop to beat Highland? They know that's Jay Cottensmeyer. But now, you know, we've got some guys. Garen Stone in the post has been playing well this year. Um, you know, let's see, Braxton Decker has been playing well. You know, it's just those those guys besides Jake, you know, once they kind of feel their role and what they're best at and can start stepping up, I think then we'll start seeing the wins start to start to pile up for Highland. Yeah, they're a, a little bit younger. Um, right. Right, uh, uh, from uh, what they lost last year, a couple of solid seniors, including right. your son, right, right. Um, um, uh, have moved on, so... So uh, they're they're figuring it out. Standing three and five right now, um, one and one in conference. Um, what what do you look for in conference um, from from the Bulldogs? Looks like Triad might be the team. Triad, I think, is probably going to be the team. I mean, there was some early season talk that Triad was the preseason favorite. Mascuda was the two. Waterloo was the three, and Highland was the four. I thought, boy, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I think Highland will be a little higher than that. Um, but really, the surprise so far has been Waterloo. I yeah. mean, they, you know, they they knocked off Mascuda on Friday night at Mascuda in overtime. So, you know, a big win for them. Highland had, you know, their lone conference loss is is to Mascuda at home. Yeah. I thought at the time a, a winnable game for Highland. They just couldn't get it done down the stretch to 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 finish that game. So, yeah, I mean, Highland's got Triad coming up right before Christmas. Uh, so is that is that this week? Is it, that Friday it, night? Is that the? Uh, it might be. You know 15th, what? Uh, is that the girls' boys? It is. It's the mega mega thing that they're doing. Yeah. I I tried to write get the Valley Conference schedule together here to look, but yes. So the fifteenth, yes. Yeah. So it is. It's this Friday. So Triad's at Highland. Um, you know, along with that, uh, on the nineteenth, Triad has to go to Mascuda. So that'll, you know, those that'll tell a little, bit, about, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All that before before Christmas hits. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so what, what do you think? I was going to ask you about this uh, trend lately, the last year or two, with the the girls' varsity playing right before the boys. Is that is that working out? You know, they so it's they base it off a of Missouri model, is what I understand. That that's the way Missouri does a lot of things. And in theory, it, it I like it. You know, because I think you know sometimes the the girls maybe get a little slighted as far as crowds and and you know people coming to games right. and i was i was hoping well that could, you know cuz the girls on the girls side they've been playing well you know i mean they've been a good solid program and right. and i don't know that enough people really realize that about them and so i was hoping the fact that they were going to play right before the boys varsity plays that that would be something that could spark some interest get a few more seats in the crowd the first game that they did that was against Mascuda. Not that the crowd was bad, but I, I felt like they still didn't necessarily show up until maybe halftime of that girls' game, and I thought that was that was a little disappointing. I, you know, yeah. I kind of was hoping people, more people would come out to at least see the var. You know, I understand maybe you don't want to come and watch the underclass games, right. but at least come for the. Now are the JV boys playing too? So the way they do it, because Highland only has one gym. They have to do it a little different when the games are in Highland. So on in Highland on Thursday nights, they play the underclass boys games. So they play the freshman okay. and the JV. When we go anywhere else, what they'll do is so if say we I mean Triad's at Highland this week, but if we were at Triad, they I think they're starting at like four thirty, and it's the JV. I believe it's the 
it's either the freshman boys or the JV boys are in like the B gym. The other are in the main gym. So they're playing at the same time. Gotcha. And then it flips, and then it's the JV girls are in the main gym. I think that's what it is. Maybe the JV girls are playing at the same time as either freshmen or JV boys. And then the JV boys are in that B gym. So the freshmen and JV boys are always in the B gym. The girls' JV plays in the main gym. Then the girls' varsity. And then the final game of yeah. the night is the boys' varsity. So in theory, it, it sounds good. I just And I don't know how they've done it logistically. It's just... To me, if you're, you know, either the girls or varsity side, girls or boys varsity side, you know, you have to get on a bus, say you're going to Waterloo. Well, you know, I mean, if you got to be there, if you're riding that same bus yes, as those underclass games that are playing at 4.30, you know, you're leaving school at maybe 3.30 or 3 o'clock to get there, and you're not playing until 7.30, 8 o'clock, like, yeah. that's a lot of sitting for those kids, and, yeah. and eating and how do you work all that out and i'm sure you know the the high schools has have all thought of that and they've probably got a plan for that but in my mind that was the yeah, thing that yeah i'm like okay how's that going to work yeah. and, and they may be taking two buses i i don't i really don't know how they're yeah. how they've done that because i wasn't at jerseyville so i don't know that was the first road game uh-huh. so i don't know how they did it with yeah. that one gotcha gotcha so but so. In, in theory it's a, i think it's a good idea yeah uh, it was the crowd thing that that was wandering my mind one are they showing up for for the right. girls and then once the girls are done are those crowd is that crowd leaving right or, or sticking around now I, I would encourage folks this week if you've never been to highland try it before christmas it's it's as fun a game as there yeah. is all season long. Right. And, and so I would encourage it just to experience that. Yeah. And, and the girls are the same way. I've been watching my daughter, uh, granddaughter, uh, play volleyball against them. Sure. Um, um, and and it, it's just Highland Triad. So, right. so yeah. it's fun. And, and it, it's, it's all the more fun when that gym is packed. Exactly. It's as good as atmospheres. It is. We don't do quite as good as Centralia and Mount Vernon do on that, <laughs> uh, at least on the basketball side. The football right. side, um, we're there. Yeah, but, but oh, for it, sure. For, but uh, uh, as far as basketball, it, it takes some momentum to build right. up to get them there. So, but I encourage the fans to go out this week um, on, on Friday, maybe get a taste tomorrow. Now, are they at home tomorrow? Uh, they're at uh, Litchfield. At Litchfield. The boys are, yes. There's a couple good restaurants up in Litchfield. People well, will go up there and... Uh, We'll have to get some suggestions <laughs> off air because uh, we're headed up there. And that yeah. was, I think that was, yeah. my wife was all excited. She's like, okay, Monday night, the girls are over at Modern Day. We can go watch that. Tuesday, we can go up and watch the boys in Litchfield. Well, you know, that's, that's the thing about the Altadonas. You, you guys are, are just super passionate. I think it's high school fans right? Um, in general. Yeah. But, but uh, you're at everything. Every time I turn around, I see you and the wife. Walking up in the crowd, whether it's a girls' basketball, a volleyball game here and there, heck, you probably have tennis matches <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> well, and, you know, I'll be honest, I'm very lucky in that aspect. I, I love sports. I love high school sports, you know, so I enjoy going to those things. And I, my wife may love that kind of stuff more than I do. And, and right? so, yeah. I mean, there's, there's times that she's like, hey, I'm going to go to the freshman game tonight. And I'm like, you know what? I had a long day at work. I think I'm going to stay home today. But, you know, she doesn't care. She's, yeah. she's going. So I, I, I'm very lucky there that yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have to have to beg her to, right. to go do things. Right. She's she's excited to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So back to this Highland team. Um, now, now, the scoring is, is being, obviously, Ottensmeyer, like mm-hmm. you said, is, is the lead dog. Um, but they're getting some people to, to step up. And, and two guys averaging in double, three guys, actually, 
averaging in double figures. Yeah. That, that's good to have on a team, right? And it gives you options. And, and apparently, I haven't watched him yet this year, listened to a couple games, but Jake recognizes that. Uh, he leads the team in assists. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he's always been that way. I mean, he's, yeah. I, you know, I, we were talking earlier, shoot or shoot. I don't want it to sound like he just, that's all he does. I mean, he's a very well-rounded player. Yeah. And, and, you know, he can definitely recognize, hey, you know, I got. I, if we're going to win consistently, it can't be all me. It's got to be other guys getting involved too. And and I think he does a, a good job of, of doing that. And you know, you mentioned a couple other guys. Garen Stone's averaging 11 points a game. Braxton Decker's at 10 points per game. Grant Fleming right on the cusp there at, at almost nine points a game. And you know, I think Grant has probably of anyone on the team he's he's maybe not scored as much as he felt like he should be doing right now and yeah. after I'm trying to think which game it was I think it might have been the Mascuda game he was upset with himself I saw him pull out the shooting gun and he was dragging that onto the floor before the crowd was even gone yeah. and he was going to go out and start getting some shots he just you know his shot just hasn't hasn't fallen yet but with basketball it's a long season you kind of go through some of those right you know so right. unfortunately he's maybe down a little bit right now but I don't see any reason why he he won't pick that up and as we get farther into the season now, as I was looking at the stats, Darren, the rebounding seems to be a challenge for, for Highland. Is that a fair statement? It, it is. I think that's a fair statement. Um, you know, Garen Stone, you know, I don't want to say undersized in the post, but for most teams that you're going to play, he's undersized that's in the post. That's always the nature of Highland. Yeah, basketball. I mean, you, you just don't have that 6'7 or 6'8. We just don't find them. <laughs> I mean, unless Stephen Torrey's going to walk back through the, the door and have some eligibility or Sam Laporta, you just don't, don't right. see those kind of things. But, you know, Garen has has done, a, I think, a, a really good job in the post for Highland this year. And, and you know, he, he got minutes last year, but he didn't get significant minutes. Played more on the JV level. And, you know, so now he's kind of getting his, his role as a junior. Obviously, he's going to still continue to improve. But he, he his post moves and his post presence, I think, is, is better for – for Highland, especially at his size, you know, yeah. I mean, he's probably six three, I would guess, six two, six yeah. three, somewhere in there. But he plays bigger than that, and, uh-huh. and you know, just got. It's kind of like Braxton Decker. I mean, they're both just sneaky long. They're, you know, they've got yeah. those long arms. They've got a quick bounce. You know, they're they're very good about going in and, and grabbing those rebounds. So, so then uh, um, you mentioned uh, uh, Carter Holthouse. Uh, yeah. At Beverly's game, I think he was on fire in that first half, right. if I remember right. And uh, so he's got flashes of he of does. That you know, ability. I mean, one one thing Carter can do is you know they he can score. And uh, I don't know if the people listening would remember Vinnie Johnson that uh, oh, yeah. that played for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. They used to call him the microwave. He yeah. just came in and he just started bam, 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 hitting shots. And Carter has that ability, you know. And so you know, some games he's that's there. Some games maybe it's not. But I, I mean, that's a. That's a kid that can can score points in a hurry and from the outside. You know, I mean, he's a pretty good three point shooter. I don't know that it necessarily shows that in the statistics right now, but uh-huh. but that's something that that you know he can do well. So now, now we mentioned Stone, Decker, Fleming. Uh, we haven't talked Jackson Gutzler too much, but uh, Holthouse, Ottensmeyer. Who are the seniors that are seeing the the, the most time? I know Ottensmeyer. So. So Jake Ottensmeyer is is the main one that's seeing time. Trey Kozier is okay. is a senior also. Um, let's see, George uh, George Walker is a senior. He he doesn't really see a whole lot of time. But those are the only three seniors on the okay. team. And Trey Kozier, you know, we mentioned him. He's a little unique. He played his freshman year, 
Got some minutes his freshman year. I remember that. Didn't play basketball at all his sophomore and junior year. Decides to come out his senior year, which is great because it provided a little bit more depth for uh-huh. for Highland, especially at the guard position. And you know, it's it's one of those things. He's he's not played bad by any means, but when you step away from basketball for that period of time, it, there's just it takes some time to get yeah. back into the flow like, of. Wow, they're a lot faster than my freshman. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, and Trey is Trey can score, but I don't know that he's a score first kind of guy. I mean, he's more, you know, let me run the point, let me bring the ball up, let me get it to guys that that can do some scoring. And I've definitely seen some flashes of of that in the few games that that Highland has played. He, you know, he started out uh, as a, as on the bench the, that first tournament in uh, in Alton, and he's progressively kind of moved more into a starting role and so it's you know I mean it's he he definitely can handle that it's just kind of getting his feet back into the speed of the game and and everything that goes along with with playing basketball now obviously in in year one for coach Cunningham um Cupper was a pretty bear yeah um coming off that little Porta team and the the best team Highlands ever had record-wise in, right. in their history but all all seniors, yeah, just absolutely everybody was a senior, and so right. so he inherits a team where your son starts as a freshman, right? I think was the leading scorer. He was uh, in that freshman year, and uh, uh, but they they struggled to, to find wins. They finished, two, what, two, two wins, two two and twenty eight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, that year. So maybe that turned Kozier off after that. <laughs> well, he yes. he was in eighth grade then, so he was. Yeah. Oh, he, okay. Yeah, okay. so he wasn't even at the high school <laughs> level yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then, uh, um, so, so, but since that time, um, they seem to have bought into his system somewhat. Right. Uh, and, and they've uh, kind of turned things around. Uh, overall, he's still a little bit under 500, but mm-hmm. is, is, is getting close to crawling out of that hole. Right. Um, um, with the system. Uh, you, what, what are your thoughts after four or five years? Yeah, ago? I mean, I think, you know, that's obviously you know something that takes some time to to develop and and to get everybody on the same page with with everything they're doing and and so i mean like last year you mentioned they had several seniors and so those kids really as as freshmen most of those kids saw some pretty significant time and so they had you know three years four years of you know the same same system same i at least ideas on what coach wanted them to to do and so that you know that helped they i mean they were i don't know what they won last year 21 games or something like that 20 plus yeah so i mean that that helped them and you know so these you kind of turn that over these guys that are here now you know they've been in that system a little bit too especially jake i mean jake started as a freshman Uh also um you know, I don't. Trey probably saw some minutes as a freshman. Braxton, I know some saw some minutes as a freshman. Garen saw some. So you know, they've been around it at least. Um, it's just, but, but no freshman this year. Uh, no freshman this year. Court. No, no. Yeah. Um, so okay. And one thing interesting, I, I don't know Coach Weirwell well, but I did talk to him a few times when when I was filling in for you a couple mm-hmm. times and. In, uh, in year one, and one thing I found fascinating in talking to him was, was you know, it's like, hey, Coach, how, how are they adapting to you? Uh, you know, and, uh, he's like, you know what's most frustrating thing is uh, you can't get in the face of a kid like you used to. Right. They just don't respond yeah. to, to that style of coaching, and that's what I was brought up on. And, right. And, you know, and I have to adapt. Sure. Um, so, so I, I found that to be somewhat fascinating. Yeah. In that, you know, because that's that's true. You and I grew up with that, right? right. Coaches, oh, sure. coaches yell. They, yeah. They get in your face. They, 
you know, back then it was like grab your shirt a little bit and, and, and try to shake the sense into you. And uh, uh, you just can't do that anymore. No, to, you know, the, uh, for good or bad, uh, it's changed. Right. And so, so I found that fascinating. And, and um, his his technique had to he had to adapt to the kids as much as they had to adapt to him. Sure, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's you know probably every team that you know that you look at not that you don't see coaches yelling and screaming still I mean I think everybody still yells and screams right. a little bit but it, it's just and it's more I think unique to each individual player because I you know I think there's some kids that that will respond to that and yeah. then there's other kids that just that almost puts them into a shell and they just don't respond to that yeah. at all and so you know just finding that balance too on on you know yeah. what's the best coaching style for each each individual player and, and adapting to that individual style too right Right now, coming up in the ranks, I'm probably not telling you anything, but but uh, my granddaughter is a cheerleader at the junior high. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple pretty good looking kids coming up in eighth, seventh, and eighth grade, and uh, Weber and Croc and right. a couple others, right? Yeah. So I have a nephew that that lives in O'Fallon that plays for O'Fallon Carriel. He's an eighth grader this year, so uh-huh. I saw the the first Highland. O'Fallon game and you know that those I think in the at least in the middle school ranks from what I've seen those two are probably the the head of the class this year and in we'll probably end up you know running into each other somewhere in the postseason but yeah I mean I was I was you know impressed not and not really even only at the middle school level I mean I've I've seen some of the even the fifth grade sixth grade level kids and I think there's there's some there's some talent coming for Highland and and you know and Highland is like most small schools. You're not going to have necessarily just one class of kids that are going to dominate for two or three years in high school. I mean, it almost has to be you got a mix of some seniors, some juniors, some sophomores, sometimes some freshmen. Maybe you're coming into that mix a little bit, and then you can start having some of those better teams. Just like you know, you were talking about the the year that Sam was a yeah. senior. I mean, that team obviously they did really well. They were they were all seniors. The year before, you know, that was their football season when when they went to the state playoffs right. and made it to the semifinal, and that was a good mix of you know I had a son that was a senior that year, yeah. so his group of senior kids, you know, Sam and that group as juniors, and you combine the two, and then you kind of got a little something. Yeah. And I yeah. see that coming not only with basketball side, but I think the the anticipation for football is going to be pretty good, too, because yeah. they, they've got some pretty talented oh, kids yeah, playing yeah. football down at that level. Jimmy also. just glows when you talk to him about the, the yeah. quarterback club and the yeah. numbers oh, I know. Uh, they have. We were talking about that, especially with the Central game this year. Mm-hmm. Central had impressive numbers. Uh, they yeah. had almost 100 kids right. in, in their program, just over, I think it was. And, uh, uh, you know, Highland struggled to get 50 in, yeah. in, in the varsity, and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, that's going to change. Man. It is, and yeah. See this quarterback club. I know they've numbers. they've got numbers that they've never yeah. in their history of their club they've never yeah. had numbers like this, yeah. and which is good. I mean, I I'm a firm believer that yes, you can have some injuries with football, but I I mean I think football teaches some th- some things that not you can't just get from any other sport and and Coach Warnicky in particular. I mean, I think he does a wonderful job with you know really kind of getting to know those kids and and yeah. you know. Make them feel important. One of my, one of my sons said to me one time. He said, "You know, the one thing about football that I don't get in any other sport that I've played is there's kids that are walking in that hall of high school that I probably would have had no relationship with at all because we had nothing in common. You know, but because of football, we were all together and and it brought us 
it brought yep. us together a little more. And, and that's, that's something about football yeah. that I just don't think you get with a lot of other sports yeah, because you're, of the you're nature. preaching to the choir there. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. Yeah, I'm so totally. it's it's great to see because I'm yeah. like, man, there there could be some fun times with yeah. Highland, Highland basketball yeah. and football coming up. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, the guy at the helm is um, – um, cultivating that uh, oh, sure. as well, and, and, and I think it's a success breeding success in, oh, for in sure. action when you go all the way back to where he started. He had a Cunningham like year one, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and so, uh, um, but you know, two years later, um, they're they're knocking on the door of uh, uh, semifinals in football, and so. Well, and you yeah, see it. This, you know, I know we were kind of talking basketball, but talking to football. I mean, you see those little quarterback club kids come to the game, and they're down on the sideline, or they're in the stands, and right. and I mean. They cannot wait until they get an opportunity to get out on the court or out on the field and, and do that. And that's, you know, coming from a Centralia where it was kind of the flip side of that. It was yeah. basketball. That's the one thing that, gosh, I wish Highland could have something. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the level of Centralia, but just that, you know, those young kids can't wait to play Highland yeah. basketball. And I feel like you get to high school and, and, you know, because of the nature of basketball, I mean, you got five guys on the floor as opposed to 11 on the field with football. Right. But you lose, I think, you know, as at just natural attrition, you're going to lose some kids. But, gosh, I would just wish there could be more that would just stick around, even if, yeah. you know, yeah. even if they're not in, as involved maybe as they would like to be, just because they want to be part of Highland basketball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, 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 it ebbs and flows with basketball. They sure. get that once in a while. Right. Um, a cool story I, I had with um, my son, who, who was pretty good in the late 90s with yeah. Jeff Falkenberg. And, and uh, just a, a couple months ago, somebody said, or, uh, asked his wife, are you related to, to Justin? She's like, yeah, that's my wife. And he goes, oh, my, my, my son used to play basketball and pretend he was Justin Rittenhouse when yeah. he, was, he was playing out in a thing. And, and uh, that's kind of thing you're talking yeah. about. Oh, it's yeah. just kids emulating what they're seeing on the court and uh, get more consistency at that high, high school level, and uh, you can cultivate that. And I agree. I think we're seeing that in right. football. We're 100% seeing that in football. And yeah. as you said, success breeds success. So, you know, it's just it's expected that Highland's going to be in the playoffs, and it's not just making the playoffs that they're going to go a couple rounds deep. And, and you know, when you have that kind of expectation and you get your program to a point that it has that kind of expectation, yeah. that builds on everything else down below. And that's, you know, basketball, like you said, sometimes they have some, some years of 20-plus win seasons, not as many as I'd like to see, but they have them. Yeah. But then you also have, like you were talking about when Cade was a freshman, they have the 2-20 and right. 20 win seasons yeah. that, you know, that's – Guy, people, young kids just don't want to go play that. Right, you know? right. Exactly. Well, Darren, uh, I appreciate you popping here yeah. a bit. Uh, hopefully yeah. we can set some kind of cadence um, sure. throughout the season and, yeah. uh, um, you know, talk basketball like this. It's fun to kick it around. So any final thoughts before we go? No, uh, just if, you know, if you're, I don't know when you're putting this out onto the air, but like you said, get some people out to that Highland Triad game on Friday night and, and uh, get some get some exposure for both the boys and girls programs. I think it'll be a fun night of, of basketball. Hopefully, we get some wins all the way across the board at all yeah. levels. Yeah, it really will. And uh, I'll share this. This will be out tonight or something. Okay. It runs on Bulldog Radio. He'll, okay. he'll play it, be, um, 
I think he's going to be doing it leading into games uh, okay. um, um, as much as he can this year. So, sure. Um, it'll be out there. I'll share it on Facebook. I'll find okay. you and uh, um, feel free to share away. Sure. And, yeah. Okay. And we'll get that exposure going and, and have fun with it all season long. That sounds good. All right. Take care, Darren. All right. That's Darren Altadonna, owner of the Smile Shop. And if you got dental needs, make sure you get over there. Uh, this is uh, Denny Rittenhouse on the bench, and uh, we'll talk again next week. I think we'll have Matt Becker back in the, on the bench and uh, kick around with a girls update. So, till then, so long. Thanks for joining From the Bench with Dench, Bulldog Valley, Boys Action. Look for us for future episodes wherever you find your streaming services.